you've never been here before, you could be like, well, this is interesting. If you've been here before, you can say, well, this is interesting. I wonder what's fixing to happen. You never know with me. Yeah, you never know, huh? Yeah, true that. So I'm C.W. Wagley, if you haven't met me. Um, I'm, I don't know if you call a guest minister or like I'm not really a guest. I've been here for 18 years now. Uh, been submitted under pastors and uh, serving in the church in and out. If, uh, if you've been here a while, I probably served with you somewhere because I, I went everywhere, uh, kind of in and out of places serving. Um, so anyways, um, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I honor you. I honor this pulpit. If you guys, like I get so nervous walking up here, and I've said it so many times, but like when you start, when you see little kids, I see our youngest, Titus, he, he puts on shoes that belong to me or, or Kirsty, and you try walking in them, or he tries walking in them, right? Well, that's how I feel up here. Because I, the shoes that pastors wear are huge. The footprint that they, that they leave is huge. And for us to come up in here is so humbling. Because it's like I'm trying to walk with these big shoes on that I haven't grown into yet. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, bear with me. If you, if you don't like me, come back next week. I'm sure somebody else will be up here that's, that you might like. You know? So, um... This time of year, uh, Kirsty, my wife, she's leading, if you don't know her, she's leading worship. She's awesome. She's, she's definitely my better half. Um, this, this time is pretty special, like, for, for Kirst and I, because this, this, you know, some people call it season or whatever, you know. Um, last weekend was Titus's, our youngest, his two-year birthday. And, and I think about what all happened two years ago. And two years ago, last Saturday, um, doctors seen miracles. Because they were saying, you know, a lot of you guys heard the testimony, but I'm going to repeat it in case you hadn't. I'm not going to go into great detail like I have before, but Titus was supposed to have a, a skeletal disorder. That's pretty sure is achondroplasia. Well, when he was born, the doctor said, you don't look like he's got a skeletal disorder, you know. Hey, he's born 6 pounds, 11 ounces. They were hoping that we could get to 32 weeks. He was born at 38 weeks. Um, and they were hoping that he'd make it to 3.2 pounds, 3, 3 pounds, 2 ounces. And uh, he was 6'11". But the other thing that happened last, last uh, two years ago, last Saturday, was that uh, he come out, they did a C-section, he come out and he goes, wow. That was it. Not another breath. Pretty soon they start saying, we're at 30 seconds now. We're at one minute now, and I'm working my way around. And at three minutes is when he took his first breath. And I say it's special because even this weekend, a week later, after that, and I don't know exactly, six or seven days, but... uh, our pediatrician, she goes here, Chrissy Kenny. I'm going to give her a shout out because she just opened up her own private. So if you're looking for a pediatrician over here in this area, it's a private. So got you taken care of, you know. Um, but anyways, she calls Kirstie and's like, why didn't you tell me all this? Because I didn't know how to tell Kirstie that our boy, our youngest boy didn't breathe for three minutes. And they're sitting there bagging him for three minutes, and she was asking why he wasn't crying, but we just kept, Pastor Lynette was with us, and she just said, he's okay, he's okay, and, and there's just a complete peace over me during that time, but Chrissy said, I wish that more people could read your, read this report, because only God was in that room. Like there's only an explanation of God was in that room because what happened in that time medically cannot happen. Medically has never had, like it's not in the medical books. Like, so when they're practicing, you know, I, like I thought about this, they're practicing physicians. I've always said, said, you know, or, and if you're a doctor in here, I'm not trying to knock you, but like you're a practicing physician, right? And, um, but like a lot of them, they're just doers. 
They ain't even practicing. They're just doing whatever whoever tells them to do. And so what, what happened last, you know, two years ago last week wasn't in the medical books. And so I just like to share testimonies because uh, if anybody's in here and in a similar situation or even not even in a similar situation but need miracles, like God's a God of miracles. And, uh, and we just like to meditate on that, meditate on his goodness, you know. So um, I got this idea off of Pastor Mark. You know, he likes to do his jokes. I'm not going to give you jokes. But I'm going to give you quotes from great, like, ministers. And, and I was looking at a lot of past ones, but then I seen this one from Bill Johnson. Uh, it says, Any revelation from God's Word that does not lead us to an encounter with God only serves to make us more religious. The church cannot afford form without power, for it creates Christians without purpose. And then one more, Smith Wigglesworth. God has privileged us in Christ Jesus to live above the ordinary human plane of life. Those who want to be ordinary and live on a lower plane can do so. But as for me, I will not. Amen. See, so many times we get that we get that opportunity to make that choice of we're going to live the ordinary way or are we going to live the way that God wanted us to, anointed with the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. I mean, how really, how can you live ordinary if you're going to allow the Holy Spirit free reign in, in, in the temple inside you? Can you guys turn to Ephesians 5, 22? I picked those quotes because I felt like they were very relevant with, with my message. Um, I... I'm going to bust my face, I'm telling you right now. That thing keeps popping up and catching my toe. Uh, typically, we're up here, but since the table's here, it's a little different. But um, anyways, the, those, uh, those quotes I felt like was relevant going into, our, going into this message. And in, here in Ephesians 5, 22, it, it's talking about wives and, and husbands and um, and this is, this is one of like, this is an amazing scripture, like, because this is like, I stood on this scripture for two years. I didn't date or anything. I actually, I talked to one girl on the phone for two years before I started talking to Kirsty, and, uh, didn't ever even go on a date with her. And I was just trying to keep myself like, you know, keep myself pure and everything. Cause I'd lived a wild life. And so this scripture is like, very dear to my heart because I held it so tightly, right? Let's go, let's start here in uh, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I was like, yes! That's what I want my wife to do. This is such a joke. I hope, <laughs> I just seen all the women just go, what? <laughs> you know? Seriously, though, this is like a scripture that was a joke during that time when I was waiting for, I knew Mark and Amy, they've, they've talked to me about it because I remember, like, Amy would start quoting the other half of the scripture, and I'm like, I don't know what that says, you know? And uh, so anyways, I knew that they would get a kick out of it, but I, I understand that there's another half of it, you know? So... Anyways, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And for husbands, um, wait, I used a black highlighter here. Uh, no, I'm just kidding again. The husband is, the, is head of the wife, is also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having a spot or wrinkle or anything or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body. 
of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, man, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. This word has been on me for like two years, but then even, I thought that was my phone. I thought Jesus was calling, saying we're changing notes. But, um, we're like Pastor Lynette asked if I can minister like a couple months ago, and this this word had been on my heart, and this scripture had been, and I'm like, all right, if if you're if you're speaking about the church, like, what is it? What are we missing? You know what I mean? Like, if it's a great mystery, you know, because he uses uh, marriage as a as an example of like earthly marriage is an example of our relationship with Jesus all the time in, in scripture. There's numerous scriptures for it, you know? And, you know, I, I think about like me and Kirsty and like when we will be married 14 years next year. And, um, like when I, when we started dating, we didn't date very long. It was like six, seven months. Like I didn't waste no time. You know, I didn't want her to like get talked out of anything. And, uh, I knew I had scored. So, uh, I found favor with the Lord is what I always said. There's a Proverbs that said that, so I wasn't going to waste no time. So anyways, we uh, started dating in mid-January, and I was working on the road, and I would drive back 12 hours just to see her on the weekends. I might only have one day to see her, but, but I wanted that time. I wanted, I wanted to be able to get to know her better before you know we got married, all this stuff. And, and I proposed to her on May 5th. We're, we're married July 12th. Like I said, we didn't waste no time. And, and that's the other thing. How many men and how many people's get about ready to get married in here? I'm, get, I'm fixing to give some very high wisdom here. Have a short engagement because women can't change their mind about what the tablecloth is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like this is great wisdom. Like pass it along. Anyways, that's free. Um, but anyways, like we, like I desired to to be with her. I desired to be. Um, in her presence, even now, like when I had to, I used to have to work on the road a lot and, and I hated it, like hated it. And now I've been fortunate enough. I've had a job where I haven't had to travel that much until this last year. I should say last year and a half with COVID because we cut down on, on inspectors and everything. So then I had to travel some more. I hate being out of her presence. I don't, I don't care what she's doing she might be sitting on the couch like on her, on the computer or or whatever like i just like being in her presence right and see with that relation the illustration that that god uses marriage but he's but he's speaking of the church or speaking of the church and, and jesus i'm like what is it then what is the cause of like why are, where are we missing it? Why are we not craving that presence there? You know what I'm saying? Because Daniel says of the, of the light of the, of the later church, of the latter, latter church, latter days of the, the church, that they will be strong because they know God. And if you look up that word, know, it's the word yada in, in Hebrew. And yada is the same word that when Adam and Eve knew, Adam knew Eve, and they bore Cain. I know that there's young years in here, so I'm trying to watch. If you got, if you got kids that ask questions you don't have to know how to explain, we got a good youth leader, Josh Smith, so he can explain it all. Or Greg, I know he likes. But anyways... You're picking up what I'm laying down, right? Like Adam knew Eve and bore Cain. And that is the same word that, that Daniel used when it said that the, that the church will know God and they will be strong, right? There's an intimacy that happens in the knowing, okay? So I got, we got a little skit for you with all that in mind. We got a little skit that we're going to do. We're rookie, but we're probably going to produce a movie after this. Okay? So, if you guys bear with us, 
We can get the lights dimmed. Hi. Hi. How, how are you? Oh, my goodness. It's so good to see you. Yeah, you too. I haven't seen you forever. Right this way. How long have you been here? Oh, a couple years. Very nice. How's things been? Oh, good. You know, just kind of living life. There you what go. What about you? Oh, you know, just hanging in there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll go get uh, the, your waiter. Here Thank you, you go. It's good to see you. Who's that? Oh, that was that's my old friend, Shame. Shame. Yeah. I thought you got rid of Shame. I, I pretty much did. I don't really like that guy. He just he has a lot of dirt on me, so I'm really nice to him. Yeah. He brings up a lot of um you know, just a memory to make sure I stay humble. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I am so glad that it's just you and me tonight. We finally get a night out where we don't have to worry about anything. We can just focus on each other and yeah. Just, I don't know. We, we've been needing it for so long. It's been good a long evening. Time. Welcome to oh Wake my wonderful gosh. Holy cow. How are you? I am wonderful. It's so good to see it's you. So good to see you. It's been a long time. How long have you been here? Uh, a little bit. You know, I was working at Wendy's and kind of ran into a crappy situation there. Um, oh, dear. You know, I've been changing everything. I, I changed my car change my cell phone, change my underwear. It's just, it's an all new me. Wow, my yeah. goodness. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. So yeah. can I get you guys something to drink? I'll have some, just water, yeah, please. Water for me as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, hey, when you yeah. bring the water back, bring me your number and I'll, well, I can reconnect sometime. For sure. I'll yeah. write it down Awesome. It's so good to you see bet. you. Reconnect? Yeah. Who, uh, who that? That's, that's rejection. He's, right. he's been a big staple in my life. He helps me deal with things you know when people reject you or leave i just call him and he he's really funny guy so he brings you right out of it and you can be independent with him you felt like you needed his number like well just just, in case why why wouldn't you just want to get rid of rejection and just stay here and and let me be the one that comes and consoles you and be and is there for you well just i mean you never know you never know when you'll need that number it's just one of those things you know but anyway there oh, he's is back. never any room at these stage tables. Here, could you hold this for a second? Oh. So, Thank you. Here's my, my number, my Twitter, my Instagram, my face space, my my face. And um, if you ever need to, slide into my DMs. Oh, so, oh perfect. Um, here's only the best for you. Oh, thank you. Yes, ma'am. And, yeah, so I will be back in a minute to take your order. Well, thank you. I don't know what's going on here tonight. I know. It's like I know everyone at this restaurant. You know everyone, and you seem pretty distracted. Like, what's going on? Well, you know, when you see an old person that you know for a long time, it's nice to still communicate with them. I I don't get it. It, It's not making sense to me. This is supposed to be our night where we, we just get connected even closer. I don't. I don't see what's, what's Well, I don't know why you're so judgy on everybody, but what are you going to eat? Did you get a menu? Just the water I got. Like, well, it's water. Looks what's like, up, it doesn't dude? look used. Man, nothing much. That last bar we went to was really good. <laughs> it's pretty good. We should probably get a little bit of food now, huh? You think? Just drinks for me, man. Just drinks? Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I haven't seen you in so you long. Guys. How's it it's going? It's my favorite. It's my know, favorite person. Give me a hug. Oh, my you. gosh. No way. Are you guys time. eating here? Well, yeah. We, I was going to. I, he needs to. I don't know yeah. if he's I going to. I just want drinks. Oh, yes. Just I should have not. Guys, just come sit with us. Are you sure? That's yeah, okay? No, it's okay. They'll only be oh, here. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, hey, sir, can we grab so a couple tables or a couple yeah. chairs? Give me a chair. Thanks, man. Well, we'll just uh, make some room. Plenty, look, there's look, plenty look, of room. There's look, plenty of room. Plenty of room. Man, I haven't seen you in so long. I know. I feel uh, like... This is this is anger, and this is alcohol. <sighs> They're two of my best friends that ever I ever had. And why are they here? Well, they've just been here forever, and I need them sometimes. So when I get you know into life. I might need to hey, call them. It's, it's really not about you right now. It's I'm all here for her. Okay. Just, just don't worry friends. about it, guy. Yeah. 
Well, this guy is a good time. Like, he's real fun. He's a little bit off right now. See? Look at how fun he is. And I've had so many great memories with him. And he really helps me not have to feel my feelings, anything like that. So if I need to have him, I have him. And then this is this is anger. And if I get, you know, yeah, like I'll, to I'll, feel I'll fight you if we need to. No, well, it's been a while, but we could do it. Right now. Stay here with me. Enjoy a dinner. And I don't need an ultimatum. These are just my friends. How come I can't have my guys with me that I need, that I've had for my whole life. Hey, bro, I'm kind of over the vibe. Should we see if she wants to go eat somewhere else? I'm, I'm, I I'm think not. we should go get drinks somewhere. Well, I just don't know what you're well, going to do. But we're going to go. You want to come with us or you want to stay here with Lamo over here? Yeah. Maybe have to, have to fight or you want to come I've with us? I've always had them. So if it's between you and them, I have to go. Let's, yeah, let's just come with us. I'll, Later, see, skater. When, when anger looks... When anger looks this good, it's no, hard to, hard I have to avoid to go. it. Bye. Oh. Perfect. See, I think we can do a movie. This did good. That was only like the third time running through that thing, and they did good. The whole time. Who, who in here, if if I could just get a raise of hands, seriously, like this is a serious question now. Um, who in here would want to be married to a wife like that? Come on. There's got to be somebody in here that, I mean, seriously, like I knew some ex-girlfriends like that. You know what I'm saying? We can turn the lights back on, please. Nobody? Nobody would? Well, the problem is I don't know if Jesus is coming back for a church like that, neither. I don't know if he's coming back for the bride that, that's so caught up in everything else, of the past and everything. And see, like, I know when the... Uh, I know when alcohol was introduced, people got uptight. It's legalistic, right? Now, I will say this so that Pastor Darren ain't get, he don't get a bunch of hate mail because y'all ain't got my email. If you want it, I'll give it to you. Josh.Schmidt at I don't care. Um, but I brought it up like I didn't tell these guys. Like I told them the vein of what, what it was that, it, that I was going, the, what I seen, right? And I didn't tell him what to say. I told, I told him, I told Katie, I said, I want it to be real and relevant with you. So then when she told me what it was, I said, well, can we, can we say drunkenness? Because alcohol, like, is such an argumentative thing, right? But she goes, that's how it's said to me, from God. Not from anybody else, from God. And so what I want to say with that is, is just because of, like, Oh, it doesn't say that in Scripture, like alcohol and Jesus turned to wine. I, I read those same Scriptures. I'm not, I'm not here to argue, and I don't want Pastor Darren to have those neither. But what I'm saying is, is like we need to be hearing what the Holy Spirit is telling us, pulling us away from the table. Because so many times we got this mentality of the ball and chain. Oh, I thought I should have got the longer longer chain but we get this mentality right how many people have seen this on bachelor night or the bachelor party and and we're strapping the ball and chain because uh, the groom is getting married you know what i'm saying we got this ball and chain mentality because it's going to be bondage to us and and same thing in the relationship with jesus it's that's legalistic we can't do that that's that's the letter of the law can i say something real quick can I say that being in love, madly in love with somebody and not doing something out of love is not legalistic? I don't, I don't, I choose not to beat Kirsty because I love her. Not because the law says I can't and I'm just like, ooh, if the law didn't say that, I'd slap you right now. That's not what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
It's about a love relationship. We got we to think back of, of Adam and Eve. There was no law. He said one thing. And when they disobeyed God, they were removed out of the presence. Why? Because sin separates us from God. We don't like talking about these things anymore. Like talking about, especially me, I like talking about miracle signs and wonders. That's what I prefer, but God gave me something else. Because, you know, it's bondage. It's a ball and chain to me. Sin. But we have to understand that the sin separates us. If it was legalistic, Paul wrote in almost 80% of the letters he wrote the same things. Because if we'd read up a little bit further in Galatians 5, or uh, Ephesians 5, it talks about, um, where am I even out here? The works of the flesh, but, or no, walk in love. And then uh, 5.3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetous, let it not even be named among you as a fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse gesturing, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Paul wasn't being legalistic. Paul was talking to us and wanting us to understand that there's going to be things in our past life that has to go. Our old man has to go because these things are pulling us away from the table. And the same thing with Adam and Eve when they were separated out. Like, they felt the glory leave. They had to cover themselves. We should learn the same. That when we're at this table and we leave, we feel something that's changed. There's a presence that's gone. There's a glory that's gone. See, I like to think about it this way. When we start praying for anointing, when we go like, like if I go to Walmart and I'm like, want to pray for somebody, want to find somebody, like we're going in for groceries or something and, and I want to pray for somebody and I start praying for that anointing. The reason why I have to pray for that anointing is because I left it. Because if the Holy Spirit's communing with us, we're already anointed. And we should just walk in it. We should just live in it. But yet we have our things. We have our things that pulls, pulls us away. Sorry guys, I get off my notes and then I don't know where to come back out. See, I like to call those things principles. So many times we come, you know, if you're new to church, we come in and we're like, one of the, one of the things that we're dreading, because we think of it as like a ball and chain, is the principles. And if you've been enrooted, you've heard me say this a hundred times probably, but I like it, I like to say it, that the principles without the prince is religion. It's bondage. But when you got the principles with the prince, it's a love relationship. Uh, there's things that Kirsty likes and don't like. And those things I try doing. Do I mess up? Oh yeah, I fall short. And that's the other thing that I want to bring up too. Like, I'm not talking if you stumble, if you, if you slip up, but I'm talking about the things practicing. When you practice those things, when you practice drunkenness, when you practice covetousness, when you practice outburst of anger, that's a big one for me. And I said, for me, not used to be. I'm not just throwing the rocks at you guys. I'm right there with you. Because what I found is, is that, that, he ha that he's having to tell me different times, hey, you're, you're getting up away from the table from me. See, those principles oftentimes, you know, I, I think about it like, like this, like in Matthew 5, 21, 22, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. See, there's a principle, right? There's that law. 
But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which is like stupid, like emptiness, like if you look that up, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. But I thought that Jesus was coming to set us free from all that. But Jesus actually puts a higher standard on it. And the reason why that I believe is because he says, man, it's ball and chain. The reason why is, is because the law was set before saying, hey, if you think you can do it on your own, do it on your own. But then Jesus comes and he says, what I'm fixing to give you is far greater than the law. What I'm fixing to give you, when I, when I die, when I, I'm your Savior, when I die and I'm raised from, from the dead and I go up and sit at the right hand of the Father, I'm sending a spirit. And that spirit's going to commune with you. And when that spirit communes with you, he ain't going to like sitting while you're sitting there calling your brother Raka. While you're calling your brother stupid. It's a higher standard. He says, my Holy Spirit is full of love. See, he says the same thing later about the adultery. You've heard it said that you shouldn't commit adultery. But Jesus says, I say unto you that if you look at a woman in lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. It's a higher standard. He says, my Holy Spirit ain't going to go there. My Holy Spirit ain't going to sit there and just let you roll around in pornography. They're not gonna be, he's not going to be on the porn site. Somebody saying something? I thought somebody was whispering to me. Thought I was messing up. My fly's good. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. See, Kirsty and I, I was so I was so, like so thankful after two years, you know? Seriously, pastors were probably thankful too because like all I do, because I quit hanging out with like all the partiers. Like I seriously did. Like I said, I was a wild, wild banshee. And, um, and like, I lost a lot of friends that didn't want to hang out with me no more because I, because I gave my life to Jesus. And I had a lot of zeal. I wouldn't shut up about Jesus at that time. And, um, and so they didn't want to hear about it. And so my life consisted of either going and sitting with pastors, riding bulls, going to church, or um, going to the bookstores. And I'd stand at bookstores for two hours trying to find books to go home and read. Because I didn't have, I, some people would consider that I didn't have a life, right? But I considered that I had major life. Way better life than I ever had before. But see, I was so thankful. And then we get married and I say these vows to her, you know, and every, you know, people can write their own vows and, you know, I'm, I'll be with you through thick and thin and all this stuff. And then you get married and then it's, you better go my way, Right? I started working on the road like a lot, like shortly after we got married, maybe a year or two after I got married. And she was like basically like a ranch hand. We were trying to raise bulls, bucking bulls and all that stuff. It was a dream of mine since I was a little boy. And I was like, hey, we're going to do this now. I'm done riding bulls. I'd quit riding bulls at the end of 2008. And I'm like, okay, now's the time. So she would go and get hay all by herself, like small bills, trailer loads. I'd be at work. Our relationship was gone. We wasn't sitting at the table any longer with each other. Our hearts were separated and divided from each other. And our marriage, 2014, 2015, was like gone. It was done. The only thing that could put it back together was Jesus himself. And after that time, like we... um, we went to a intensive, uh, a marriage intensive is what they called it. And I remember sitting there and the, and the guy and the gentleman was talking. It was a husband and wife that was doing it. And I remember sitting there and he, and he drew this line and he said, this is the wall. The wall that separates of the things that you will do and that you won't do. The things that like your wife don't like or your spouse, I should say, I'm speaking the, how I received it. Things my wife didn't like, all that stuff. Things that wasn't morally right with God. 
and then the, the things that was. And he says, and it's a lot like this. I asked, like, James gave me this awesome bowling ball, and I thought it was amazing that this crack was in it because he said, you need to figure out where the crack is in that wall that caused you to be willing to go move through the wall to the other side. You got to find the crack that is causing you to get up from the table and go off with your mistress, your mistress of anger, your mistress of, of uh, drunkenness, your mistress of covetousness. You got to find the crack. You see, during that time, I also found it in my walk with, with God that my zeal that I just talked about faded. That I was still going to church, still serving, still had all the lip service, but my heart was divided from him. I wasn't in a relationship with him. This church, this church if you're new here, is not a religious church. This church is all about relationship and love. And that's what I hope that you're getting today is that, that we move out of love, right? But I had made what I was doing here at church of religion. Isaiah 29, 13, it says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. See, they're taught by the commandment of men to fear him, but it's just lip service. I had a crack in my relationship with him. I had a crack in, in the wall of what I was willing to do. And I look back and I, I try figuring out when that all happened, you know. And one of the times that, it, that I remember it happening was when I started comparing. Comparing is, is the death of stuff, right? When you start comparing yourself, like to others. And, and people that I looked up to, I heard them cuss a little bit. And, I was, and I, by that time, I had finally got my cussing under control. But I cussed like a sailor, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I started hearing like certain cuss words come out of different people. And, and I'm like, well, I, they can do it, I can do it. I can compare with them, right? Then my anger, like I've seen, I've seen different things start happening and, you know, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll slide here. Well, as you find that crack, as you make that crack and say, I can go here, guess what else starts coming in? Your other mistresses. Like we have to understand that being sold out passionately in love with Jesus is okay. We don't need cracks. We can live in passionate love of the King of Kings. So I ask you, what's your mistresses? What are the things that keep pulling you away from the Lord, from the table? What are the things that distract you? See, just like when I picked up this ball, I had to examine it. I was like, mm, where should I drill this hole, right? And I examined it, and I seen that crack. See, and we have to start examining ourselves. And it's not a thing of bondage. It's not a thing. It's all in love. It's like in, a, in, a, in that extensive, like we had to write a needs list for each other. And we had to say, all right. It's not bondage. Like we lay our life down. Like in uh, Ephesians 5 says, like the, the, you know, the groom will lay his life down like Jesus did for the church, right? Why? Because it's out of love. S women have problems with the submitting thing. Why? Because they're supposed to submit under a butthead. And now I'm talking more in line of physical marriage, but if, if there's a problem in your marriage, maybe you need to quit being a butthead. Give her something to submit to. Amen. Let's go to 
First Corinthians. I want to go two two scriptures here in First Corinthians. We're going to start here in ten, fourteen. It says therefore, my beloved. Not here, pages. I'll wait for just a second. I get wound up, nervous sometimes up here. See, God, forgive me. All right. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those, are not those who eat of the sacrifices part... What am I saying? Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? For am I saying then that an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. You know, one of the things I think about a lot, because, you know, those who believe, Mark, Mark 16, at the end of 16, I can't, I can't remember the verse. Read the whole chapter, you'll find it. Um, but it says, those who believe in me will lay hands on the sick. They'll cast out demons. You know, if they pick up, I don't remember everything it's saying, but if they pick up, uh, they'll trample on serpents. If they drink anything, anything poisonous, stuff like that, it will not harm them. But casting out demons is supposed to be something that we do. And, and one of the things that I know about casting out demons, if I had five things to tell you, I ain't going to tell you five, but if it would be in the top five, right, is that you can't cast out a demon that the person likes to play with still. So see, when you're sitting at this table with Jesus and you still like to run off and you like to play with the mistresses, you like playing with the, with the other demonic things of, I say demonic because now we just moved into something else, you know, the spiritual side of of. The flesh, right? You can't cast those out when you like playing with them still. Your love has to outgrow what the love that you have for them. The love for Jesus has to outweigh that one. I remember when I quit chewing, I said, I don't care if it ends up killing me or not. I don't care if quitting chewing kills me or not, because if I don't, it's going to kill me. I don't care if I fall down frothing at the mouth. In withdrawals. And I mean, I read, like I was told, and like an article was sent to me about the withdrawal factor of chewing tobacco is the same withdrawal. What it does to the body is the same as heroin. It's a big thing. Like I used to just think, oh, you know, blah, blah, you know, cigarettes, chew and everything. No, and then I tried quitting on my own and like, yeah. But I had to come to a place where my love for Jesus outweighed that, that I didn't care if I died. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 34. This is talking about the Lord's Supper, and that's why I went to it again. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of of the Lord. But let a man examine himself... And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So see, we've got to examine ourselves. We've got to look at, look at which ones we still like playing with. And which ones we don't. We got to look at where that crack is, and then we don't. Because if we don't examine ourselves, then then judgment will come upon us. See, we got to understand that these things that we consider the ball and chain of, of the relationship with Jesus are the things that come to set us free. He's saying, if we would just sit at the table long enough to hear his heart of saying, Why don't you want me to covet? Because it does this. 
Why don't you want me to have outbursts of anger? Because you could die of a stroke. Why don't you want me to fear? Because this, if we would just hear his heart and understand what, that, what it does, it actually would be the thing that's setting us free. The truth shall, shall set you free. So examine yourself. The next thing we got to do is repent. There's, an, there's a worldly repentance, and then there's a, there's a godly repentance. The worldly, worldly repentance is inward focused. It's more worried that you got caught. Or if you repent, it will get you somewhere. A lot like Saul, when he repented, he was more worried about what it looked like, what he looked like. He, he was embarrassed in front of his men, embarrassed in, in, front of, in front of all the people. And he was more worried about that. He's like, if you, if you just, you know, I'll repent, I'm sorry, but like if you come and like, like honor me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then the people would see me that way. And that often is the same thing of repentance when we come to the Lord. Because we come to him and say, man, I don't want to go to hell. I remember riding bulls one time, like I had this bull that kept whooping, it like, and the, like the guy, I don't know if he's here, sometimes he comes here or not, but um, he got on this bull and the, the whooped him down. When I say whooped him down, pulled him down on his head. And the horn entered him and come out here. Okay, so here I am, I draw this bull and I'm like, Man, everything's been whooping me down. I was doing something wrong with my riding, and then I was using this, using this Guatemalan rosin that, like, I had to peel my hand open because, like, it was so sticky. And then I draw this bull. And I remember praying, and I'm like, God, I, I, I ask for forgiveness. Please, please forgive me. I literally thought I was getting whooped down and dying that day. Why? Here's another reason, too, is the guy that, that got whooped down and got stuck with him, he, he was sat there and was like, hey, you want to see these pictures, man, when I got on? No, I don't want to see the pictures of when you got on him. Like, I'm fixing to die. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see those. But seriously, I went and repented. Why? Because I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to, like, I wanted to go and, like, if I did die that night, I wanted to go and be with him. And, like, I wanted all of those things. It was, it was a benefit for me. How can Jesus benefit me? How can, how can I be benefited by doing this? How can I be benefited by doing that? Three hours later, I was doing the same things I repented for. See, the godly repentance is out, outwardly focused. It's more worried about repenting because you just broke the heart of the one that you love. It's understanding the fact that, that the sin breaks Jesus' heart. And it's a repentance saying, God, I'm so sorry. It's a lot like David talked about in, in Psalms 51 when he, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he, and he went and he's like, you can read Psalms 51. I'm running out of time, so I'm not going to go there. But like, only you, have, you who I've sinned against, only you like this. It was all about God and he was so repentative to God. Why? Because it hurt God's heart. And number three, submit to the Holy Spirit to, be tran to transform you and wash you. Can I get that book? Sorry, bud. There in, in uh, Ephesians 5.26 where it talks about... Let me read it real quick. I need to hurry up. I told Kirstie last night, I said, I don't even know if this is going to be very long at all. I seriously didn't think it's going to last till 10 o'clock. that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So in the Jewish New Testament commentary, it talks about that washing. It says, A Jewish bride enters the mikveh ritual bath in order to be purified prior to the marriage ceremony, which is called kindushin, literally being set apart for God. There's a washing that happens. There's a washing that we need to allow. Here's the other thing is, is in 2 Corinthians 3.18, I think it is 2 Corinthians, correct me if I'm wrong. If not, read all Corinthians. Like, I like you guys to do your homework too. Because um, I make mistakes up here. Check me scripturally. But 
um, it says that we're, through the Spirit of God, we're going to be transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. He's not being transformed into us. So there needs to be a washing that happens, right? It's going to be so good. The washing is so good. And see, like I, I, like I said before, like I love talking about the, about the miracle signs and wonders. And if you talk to me very long or you heard me talk, I mean, you, some of you might just have heard me talk for the last 45 minutes and you already heard me say it twice about miracle signs and wonders, right? Like, I love it. I love seeing God do things in people's lives, right? But we can have all of that and we could still go to hell. What? What are you talking about? Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. You never stayed long enough for us to be intimate. You come to church and you sing nothing else. Nothing else. You want to see why I'm not the singer? Nothing else. But then you leave with your mistress. You come just long enough to be maybe intimate for just an hour. So with that, I want to invite you, anybody who hasn't, you're like, oh, great. Like after that word, you think I want to be invited in? <laughs> Seriously, like if you've never entered into that relationship of love that I'm talking about, like, I'm not talking about all the principles. I'm talking about principles with the prince. I'm not inviting you in to sign up, and there is no membership here. Sign up, like, put your letter in and start tithing, and then you're part of this church. There's not that. What I'm talking about is, is entering into a relationship with the prince. And if you've never done that before, and you don't know where you'd go if you died today, and you want to, please raise your hand. See ya, see ya, see ya. God is good. God is good. Second thing I want to ask is just like those three that was just so brave, because if you notice, I didn't ask you to lay your heads down. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. Walking this walk is sometimes uncomfortable. Why? Because you can't go and hang out with your old mistresses. It's uncomfortable. So just like those three that was so bold, so brave to raise their hands with every head up and every eye open, I want to ask everybody else who may have backslid or fell away from the table and you want to get back to the table and and maybe it's the simple fact that how you've always heard that was all religion. You never heard it as an aspect of relationship and love. And you want to do that today, please, please raise your hand. Yep, see ya, see ya, see ya, see ya, see ya. Hands up all over. Yes, Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, Father. We just uh, lift up these, uh, everybody to you that raise their hands, Father God. We lift up the three that entered into the relationship with you for the first time and they said, Lord, please come and be my Lord. Come and teach me, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would just feel an insurmountable love wrapped around them, Father God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would start ministering to them, that, that their walk would grow quicker than what they've ever thought it would. That, Father, that they would, that they would be on a fast track of where you want them. I don't know why that's coming out of me, but this is what I feel like, that you guys, that, there, that God has a calling on your life and that he is fixing to move you into some positions. 
So, Father, I lift up the others that raised their hand and, and wanted to get back with you in repentance, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that you would just be with them, that you would just be protecting them in this time. Father, that you would just um, continue to minister to them, to show them, Father, where the cracks are to, so that they can, they can fill those cracks up and that they could be set free, Father, from any, any of those things, Father. And we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray. All right, guys. Um, thank you guys so much. I got a couple other things here. Got to hurry here. We got a fast coming up. Okay. 21 day, um, 21 day fast. Um, it's a Daniel fast. For those of you who don't know what a Daniel fast is, it's like you can still eat some foods. It's not where you fast like only and only drink water for 21 days. Like that is not... Uh, that is not it. I've tried fasting. I've probably broke more fast than I've completed. But, I mean, I have tried fasting a lot in 21-day only water fast. is not one that I've attempted yet. So, Daniel fast is, is like where you don't eat like delicacy foods and stuff like that. If you're on Facebook, you can go back and look at the last two uh, table talks on the Wednesdays. Pastors talked about it. Give more details there. If you have more questions, uh, you can come talk to any of us. Uh, Kirstie's going to be back at the table back here uh, because she uh, had put together a team of people to do a 21-day devotion during a fast, and that's what this is. Um, it is, so, I don't remember, four or five people from from this church wrote this. In the times past, we had done done the fast uh, or the 21-day devotion that was done by um, Jensen Franklin, and that's still available. Like, we can get that to you too. Um, but if you want to do this one, um, this is $12. It's like not like we're trying to make money off of it. Actually, it costs more to make it. But what we found is, is when you put a little interest into it, you stick with it. So don't let the $12 keep you, okay? Don't let it, uh, if you don't have the $12 and you want to, come and talk to me because uh, we'll get you set up somehow. Um, I have personally bought these three. And so since we're talking about marriage, I want to do something here. So can all the couples that have been married for longer than 20 years stand up? Okay. So then if you've been married less than 30 years, please sit down. And only the people that's been married for 30 years or longer standing up. Holy moly. Let's go 40 years. Okay, look at this. This is amazing. So we have four couples still, 40 years. All right, 50? Look at this, we got two, two couples. 55. One couple. That is amazing. Brett, can you go get these? I don't know if you're one to do the fast or not. If you're not, give it to somebody that might. Um, so then the next thing that I want to do is um, we're just going to do this one. Tracing, give me a month. Give me a month. A month. Anybody born in December? Stand up. Christina, give me weeks one through four. Three. Who was born in December of the third week? Okay. Give me the day. 16th. Who's married on the 16th? Or not married. Born on the 16th. What about... Say another one. 22. Say another one. 
Give it to somebody. Here, I'm running out of time, Marcus. So anyways, I wanted to bless people with those. Um, like I said, I, I bought those. Like, um, And, you know, the fast is going to be something like if you're, if you're sitting here after this message and you're like really wanting to see God and everything, a fast is a perfect time to do that. Like it is like... I spoke on fast, like, what was it, almost two years ago? And one of the things that I said, the best way that I can describe a fast is when you go to sit at the table with Jesus, but he's bringing the food. You go to dinner with him, but he's bringing the food. And so this is a perfect way to get in that position of sitting at the table with him and just seeking him. You just It's denying the flesh and seeking him through it all. So anyways, do we got an announcement? Um, uh, anyways, we thank you guys. Appreciate it, Um, and bless you guys.